Welcome to the third episode of the Tiagi Group Training Intelligence Podcast. And I'm here with Tiagi. Hi, Tiagi. Hello, Matt. And today uh, we decided we'd talk about puzzles. So, Tiagi, what about puzzles are we going to talk about? Hey, uh, let me give you a demonstration. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to give you a puzzle. Great. And this is an induction puzzle. I'm going to give you four numbers in a series of numbers, and you sup- supply the fifth, sixth, and so on. Okay? okay. Yep. Uh, for example, just to give you an easy one, how about two, four, six, eight? What is the next number? Ten. Congratulations. Now, here is round two. How about eight, five, four, nine? Um, For our listeners, let me repeat it. Eight, five, four, nine. Uh, so the next number would be... I'm sure the hundreds of our listeners <laughs> have figured it out before you do. <laughs> Can I say six? Uh, no, it is not six. Okay. Let me repeat. Eight, five, <laughs> four, nine. Okay, the oh, next number oh, is it's gotta one. Be, uh, it's got to be 13. No, the next number actually is one. Okay, I quit. Yeah, you know how it is one? Because it is single-digit numbers arranged in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. So this is an example of an instructional puzzle. Uh, and the interesting insight I had is people are fascinated by puzzles. And puzzles are autotelic activities, which is a fancy way of saying people can't stop obsessing about the solution to puzzles. And that is what I have been looking at, using puzzles to reinforce, to strengthen all kinds of training activities. So what are some examples uh, where you've used puzzles in specific training circumstances? Oh, here is an example. We had a technical training episode, this session. At the end of this session, there is always a post-test where there is a series of questions and people have to give the answer using technical terms. But it was such a boring letdown at the end of the class. So what we did was to actually give the folks a crossword puzzle. So instead of taking a test, they do solve the crossword puzzle. And one approach to make it more interesting is to put people in teams 
and have them as a team solve the puzzle and compete with each other. Uh, so this is an example of using a puzzle as an assessment technique. Assessment's one way. Uh, what are some other contexts where you oh, might use Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question. We use the same crossword puzzle, Matt, at the beginning of a training session and tell people, go ahead, solve the puzzle. And they will be frustrated because none of the clues mean anything to them. And these are technical terms. And then we say, I'm going to give you a lecture. Listen carefully to the lecture. And once every 10 minutes, you'll have time to solve more and more of the crossword puzzles. So as you can recognize, this is an interactive lecture where the puzzle provides some kind of a challenge and they keep listening very, very carefully. And once every seven to 10 minutes, I stop and say, do uh, as many more of the puzzles as possible, and they have a, an interesting time doing that. One of the things you've done in the past is give some criteria for what makes up a game. Mm-hmm. Is there a criteria for a puzzle? Uh, the, it is same thing like a game, uh, except in a game there are many ways to win a game. But with a puzzle, there is usually a single correct way. For example, if you got a Sudoku puzzle, there is only one way you can put the letters in all of the nine columns and the nine rows and nine boxes. Or in a crossword puzzle, there is only one correct answer. What are some different types of puzzles? Okay, there are several uh, types of puzzles and uh, so one uh, there are a lot of puzzles with words for example crossword puzzle is one example let me give you an example of uh, a sandwich word puzzle okay okay paper blank egg paper blank egg can you think of a word that goes in the blank, so it uh, it forms a compound word with the paper ending with that blank word, and the blank word is also the beginning of a phrase or another compound word. Um, give me a hint. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will actually give you the solution and then see if... Uh, I can uh, give you another uh, challenge. So, paper, back, back, egg. Here, here is uh, another sandwich word puzzle. White, warming. Warming as in global warming. White, warming. White as in the color white. White, blank, warming. Okay. Uh, house. Very good. So the solution is? House. White House, housewarming. Brilliant. So this is another example of a puzzle. And 
you may ask me, what is the use? How do you use it in an instructional situation, Matt? I'm glad you asked me that question. So one interesting thing we have been doing is take the puzzles and embed them within a simulation game. So, for example, we have a simulation game called Downsize. And basically what we do is we have a team of seven people, and they are supplied with a lot of sandwich word puzzles, like the ones you solved, except they are given, let us say, 30 sandwich words, and we have them start solving as a team. And after about two minutes or three minutes, we stop them and say, we are going to downsize you. So what we want for you to do is select the least useful member of your team and send that person off the island. So... Uh, and then they start solving uh, the, the wonderful puzzle. They continue doing that, Matt, and uh, three minutes later they have to kick somebody else out, and they continue doing that. And during the debriefing, we ask people, how does it feel <clears throat> to be let go and things of that nature. So this is an example of embedding a puzzle inside a simulation game. So there are word games, there there are number games, puzzles. Okay, there are word games, there are number games, and there are special organization type of games. Of the, For example, you have seen the Tangram puzzle, yeah. where you got seven different shapes, and the people have to produce, arrange them to produce all other kinds of things. So Tangrams makes another type of puzzle. Then there are construction puzzles, like you got Soma cubes, which are uh, cubes stuck together, and you have to organize them into... It's a three-dimensional tangram-like thing. So those are... uh, And then you got wire disentanglement puzzles, like you got wires all interlocked, and your job is to pull them apart. So, and obviously you got jigsaw puzzles, and you got you got about 20 different types of puzzles, and all you need to do is to go to Wikipedia and type a puzzle, and you will see examples of different types of puzzles. And uh, an example of the embedding piece that mm-hmm. uh, we do this simulation where we're, uh, we use tangrams within exactly. the context of, of uh, identifying workflow or identifying uh, product design. Mm-hmm. And the tangrams are, are the outcome in the simulation. Exactly. So the idea is different types of puzzles can illustrate different types 
of work processes and they can reflect different elements of the real world. So what are some of the risks inherent in using puzzles with participants? Okay, one major risk is you frustrate some people and so the the other risk is people are slightly afraid of revealing their ignorance and making fools of themselves. And how do you mitigate those? Uh, you begin by explaining why you are using the puzzles. One approach will be for you to say, when a puzzle goes wrong or you're not able to solve a puzzle, don't start kicking yourself or feeling bad. And it could be that could be so many other factors. So just because you're not able to solve a single puzzle, that doesn't mean you're not as smart as other people. So just to illustrate this important principle that don't blame yourself a principle, Matt, one of the things we do another embedded simulation, we give everybody a small, short uh, crossword puzzle. And we say, solve the puzzle, and as soon as you're finished solving, please stand up. And so people sit down and solve the puzzle, and very soon you notice several people popping up and standing up, and that puts more pressure on you, and you struggle very, very hard, and eventually you see that everybody else is standing up, and the facilitator says, let me read the correct answers, one across cat, one down corn, 17 across hamburger, and so on. So you feel totally out of it and totally depressed and inferior, and then the facilitator says, this is what happened. Uh, a lot of people in the room got a puzzle with very easy clues. For example, clue one across, an animal which makes the meow sound. Hmm. And a selected minority of the people got very difficult clues. For the same one, one across, a feline mammal. And similarly, for the hamburger, uh, one uh, seventeen across, seventeen down. The clue is something placed between fast food placed between two sesame seed buns. <laughs> and for the difficult puzzle, the clue is resident of a port town in Germany. The point is debriefing the people that experience the difficult puzzles is. It could be the job is difficult. It could be uh, uh, the other people who are apparently doing the same job uh, are given an easier activity. So it could be the general labor for the job is uh, taking inventory. 
it could be one person has a very easy job and the other inventory taker has a complex job because there are so many tiny parts and things of that nature. So just because everything is called a crossword puzzle or everything is called the inventory control doesn't mean that they are all going to be of equal difficulty, Matt. So one of the things I'm, I'm assuming uh, incorrectly probably is that people are familiar with some of the tools that we've used in the past to create our own puzzles. Yes, exactly. How do you go about creating a puzzle from scratch? Uh, you can, there are many wonderful online tools. And so this could be, you, you, you can go online and you can create puzzles like crossword puzzles and other types of puzzles. And there are many other areas like USA Today where you, you can get a lot of puzzles. There are also all sorts of puzzle maker software packages, right? Yes. And we have a puzzle maker software puzzle that Raja, our programmer, has created. <laughs> shameless uh, plug, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Uh, and so uh, it is currently very useless. Uh, is uh, trying to create it in such a way that it can be placed online. Oh, Matt, are you ready for another uh, puzzle? Yeah. What is brown and uh, sticky? I don't know. Okay, a stick. <laughs> okay. These uh, are uh, the type of riddles uh, which have been around from ancient times, and many children use it. And in adult training, in many of our training sessions, we use these types of puzzles to drive home various insights, various points. So you were taking the word sticky to mean one thing, whereas sticky is used to mean stick-like. So one insight, one debrief, we say, is you made assumptions about the meaning of words. In real life also, many words are used, and they are not trick questions, but words like commission or words like harassment. Different people may have different meaning, and don't be a mind reader, and there are many things which people in an organization take it for granted, but when a new employee comes in, he or she is completely surprised by the local definition of some of the words. Can I share one of mine with you? Oh, please do. How many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? Okay, let me think. How many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? And unfortunately, since I'm a heathen, I don't know the difference between Moses and Noah. So I would say two. Ha ha. Ah ha ha. All right, fine. 
Noah was it, not Moses. You got it, fine. Hey, along um, those lines, asking stupid questions. Yeah. February has 28 days and sometimes 29 days. How many months of the Oh, no. I blew it. Yeah, you so, did, because the answer is all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the key, key things in using puzzles is don't forget the punchline or don't forget the key element. Write it down. Project it on a screen. Hey, well, while we are doing these stupid ones, do you remember the one with the car accident and the, the father and the boy? Oh, you tell me. I, I can't remember it. Uh, you always did it. And I, ne- I always screwed it up. Okay, remember? so approximately uh, a person is involved in a car accident and they take him in a stretcher in an ambulance, rush him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let this be a lesson, my son. Never screw up. Okay, a father and his son are traveling in a car. There is a front-end collision, and the father is killed immediately. The son is an emergency situation, is taken to the hospital, and they rush him in and take him to the surgeon, and the surgeon looks at the kid and says, I can't operate on him. He is my son. So what is happening here? All right, we're doing a pregnant pause. <laughs> it's the mother. Oh, the surgeon is his mother. And this is very, very helpful when you are talking about diversity and inclusion and sexual stereotyping. How many people assume all surgeons have to be men? So that that is a good one. So these are technically called riddles and they can be used in so many ways. And then Matt, there are logic puzzles. Puzzles go like uh, Andy, Bob, Kathy, Diane, and Esther have a pet animal, and here are uh, Andy did not have a parrot, and Esther has a monkey whose name is George. So you will have to do an analysis of the information and figure out which person had which pet and the name of the pet and things of that nature. And this trains people how to use limited information and figure things out. You know, I'm I'm on the website right now, and you uh, wrote an article with a bunch of logic puzzles yes, in the article. I, I don't see that on the website. Uh, is that... Am I missing it, or do uh, we not have it if, up there? We, if we search for logic puzzles on our handy-dandy search engine, you will probably find it. So that is correct. Do a search, and uh, we have a whole bunch of logic puzzles on the website. And we have a whole bunch of other kinds of puzzles also. So as we wrap this up... Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I make the decision to use a puzzle 
versus uh, some other kind of design activity? Um, I usually, anything I want to design, I try to have uh, two or three different alternatives. So totally randomly, anytime I feel people are going to get bored, I just say, can I convey this idea by using a puzzle? Give me an example of some learning point you want to get across, Matt. In conflict management, trying to think through what the mutual goals are. That is more than one way of solving a problem. Some could be zero-sum type of a thing. Other approaches could enable you to... Uh, everybody to win. Here is a simple puzzle. We give everybody pieces of uh, b- b- cardboard pieces, and we say, your job is to each one of you, each person has different pieces and different sets of pieces. Your job is to assemble a perfect square using the cardboard pieces. You win as soon as everybody in the group is able to produce a perfect cardboard piece. Uh, And some people have pieces which obviously immediately form a perfect square. Some others are not able to do. The key in solving this puzzle, Matt, is that you, if you trade pieces with each other, then everybody gets to be able to solve the puzzle, and that is the only solution. So the approach is when you got conflict involving limited resources, the solution is to trade things around, things of that nature, Matt. So that's basically what I do. Puzzles enable us to be embedding them in a simulation game to drive home important interpersonal principles and procedures. Just to summarize, it seems like there are two big applications for puzzles. One is the content in the puzzle itself can reinforce some learning idea or learning concept. Exactly. And then the second one is you use the puzzle as context for some kind of simulated event. Exactly, Matt. Correct. So I call them the direct puzzle applications and the embedded puzzle applications. But you defined it much better than I could have. I'm just reading from your articles. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, by the way, given that at the end of this uh, podcast, I should have told the people the key message from this uh, podcast is uh, presented as a cryptogram on our website. So go to the website, look for the podcast cryptogram and solve it. When people try to solve the cryptogram, they are using two sources of information. One is their linguistic ability to solve cryptograms and the other one is they keep thinking back on what happened in the lecture or in the podcast and saying, oh, could this word be embedded 
could this word be puzzle or things of that nature. So it keeps uh, that memory traces uh, fresh. So we're running close to the end of our time. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, the final thought uh, is uh, in Sri Lanka, why can't a man marry his widow's sister? He's dead. Okay, and the answer is if... He's dead. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> I had to pinch myself to make sure you are not stating a fact. So you can have a widow only when you're dead. Wow, you're brilliant. Well, what were you going to say? happy note. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was, I had trouble understanding your accent. <clears throat> I apologize. So, all right. Well, we tune in in a month for episode four. And uh, thanks, Tiagi. Do you have any and idea? Thank what... you, Matt. I, I'm getting a lot of fan mail on how useful the podcast uh, podcasts are. Yeah, people are actually, I can check the metrics. People are actually listening. So, And uh, we will be on iTunes starting uh, for this episode. A wonderful idea. Subscribe through iTunes. Thank you. So, all right, we'll talk with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.